Welcome to The Movement with your host, Shannon D. Hughes. In your life, do you celebrate the downfalls along with the peaks? You should. These define you as the person you are and help you learn your way to personal success. Now, here is the host of The Movement, Shannon D. Hughes. Good afternoon, Movement Nation. Shannon D. Hughes here, April 25th. I hope everybody's doing well. Uh, welcome to the movement as the movement marches on. Uh, as always, we take questions or comments. Please call in live, 866-472-5795. International people, I see those people logging on to the show. We have a number for you as well. It's 001-480-398-1405. And email the show as well with any questions, comments. Uh, Shannon at ShannonDHughes-TheMovement.com. Where do I start with this individual? He's a best-selling author, international speaker in places like Australia and Bangladesh. He's also a former CEO of Guerrilla Marketing, which had sold over 23 million books in 62 languages all over the world. He's also an award winner of Entrepreneur Educator of the Year from Infusionsoft. He's also been featured on shows such as Fox and Friends, The Today Show, The Washington Post, Investors Business Daily. And his company, The Icon Builder, based out of Southern California, is sought out by the media on entrepreneur education and cracking the icon code, which he will later explain in the show. Now, for those who listen to the movement, it's all about empowerment. And this man has worked with many to empower themselves and also his eight wonderful children, which he will later talk about them as well. Movement Nation, I welcome David T. Fagan to the show. Mr. Fagan, how are you, sir? Great. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. Well, David, let, let, let me uh, pull the curtain back just a little bit for the listeners. Uh, so I don't know if you know this. Last year at this time, this exact month is when I actually met you for the first time. You, yeah. and, I both, you and I both have a mutual friend in Livia Cardell who had told me about the yep. Icon Builder Summit. And I was really, yeah. really, I was really, really intrigued about it. And it was funny. You and I were already Facebook friends and I didn't know it. So it's a small world. So when I saw the name of who was hosted. I said, I know this guy, and I know this guy. And I, I said, let me just look on Facebook. And I saw it. There he is. I said, yeah, I'm getting on the plane to go. And that, I remember that was the week of Easter last year. And it was a week, also a week before my birthday. Went down there, and that was, even though it, the, the event itself was only three days, I was down there for five. That was the best three days I had spent in a long time. Just the information that I got from you and your team, Allison Larson and Forbes Riley, who was who was on week one of my show, and and uh, Scott Dumoulin, who will be on my show in in June. Just the 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 wealth of information that I got out of the Icon Summit was just wonderful. So I just want to first say thank you and tip my cap off to you and your team for that wonderful uh, experience that I had last year. It was just it was just amazing. Um, yeah, yeah I, no problem. But where I wanted to start with you is. Where did David Fagan start? How did David Fagan, what, what was your upbringing like? Was this mm-hmm. something that was already instilled in you? Was this from the parents? How did you get started in wanting to, you know, be an entrepreneur? Where, where did that spirit start from? Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll go a long ways back, but I'll, I'll, I'll go fast so that I don't make your listeners nervous here. But um, when I was born, <laughs> well, maybe I won't go that far back. Uh, no, I mean, even since I was in elementary school and junior high and high school, I mean, I did theater, I did speech, I did debate, you know, um, one of my favorite memories now is, you know, thinking about one of my teachers saying, David, talking will get you nowhere. Well, look at me now. No, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I've always had an interest 
in uh, presenting and speaking and creating. And, um, you know, so in some ways, I mean, it's gone back a long time. Um, but, you know, I got out and, uh, you know, I did, you know, sales like a lot of people. And to me, sales wasn't sales. I know people hear the word sales and it's like, oh, my goodness, you know, um, you know, some overbearing uh, person um, nagging people and bugging people. And, you know, I don't think of it like that. I mean, and maybe that's why I had some success. At it. You know, I, I think of it as just, you know, communication, you know, the art of communication. You know, how do you really find out somebody's um, problems and challenges and how do you offer solutions and features and actions and benefits? Um, so, you know, right out of school, um, you know, I, I did sales and I, I did all kinds of things that were uh, sales related. I mean, I sold everything from cell phones back in the day of, you know, 1993, 94, you know, uh, back when you programmed the big uh, brick cell phone. It oh, doubled as also oh a weapon, God. right? It's both oh a cell phone God. and a weapon. You can kill somebody with this thing. Oh. <laughs> um, you know, the personal computer, uh, pagers were still back then. But oh. I sold stuff like that. Um, I also sold things like home security systems door to door. Like you don't really know what sales is until you're walking up to a door uh, to demo a home security system. And you're putting the foot in someone's door saying, well, hang on, you know, and you're creating a conversation like, like that's sales. Um, so I, I did a lot of that. I worked at a bank. Um, after a while, I oversaw five different uh, banks as a pretend to lending. Pretty soon it was eight or nine different banks as a pretend to lending in the early 2000s. So I kind of got into that big mortgage boom and real estate boom. And, you know, I created my own brokerage, you know, by early 2000s, uh, 2002, 2003. I had uh, five offices in three states and owned a couple of real estate franchises. Um, lost everything in 2007, had to reinvent myself. I don't know if you remember, but there was a big change in the marketplace when it came to real estate. So, uh, you know, I was speaking at events and I was helping people invest in real estate and helping people invest uh, their money and diversify and arbitrage and all that good stuff. Um, In 2008, I took a job with a company called, a contract with a company called uh, Infusionsoft, a software company. I did a radio show called Entrepreneur 101. Um, that went really well. You know, a lot of it became about automation and email marketing. I learned a lot about internet marketing. I kind of got on the cutting edge of that. Took a lot of my communication skills and presentation skills and copywriting skills and took that into there. Um, in 2008, when I was doing that big contract with Infusionsoft, I met a lot of amazing people. You know, Michael Gerber, Dan Kennedy, Joe Polish. And one of them was a guy named Jay Levinson, who's the father of guerrilla marketing. I learned a lot from him. In 2009, I actually became the CEO of guerrilla marketing. And uh, Jay was just an amazing mentor for me. I mean, this is the guy that worked at the Leo Burnett ad agency who helped create Marlboro Man, Tony's Frosted Flakes, Jolly Green Giant, Morris the Cat, Lonely Maytag Salesman, Die Hard Battery, Jolly Green Giant, Pillsbury Doughboy. I mean, all these things. So that became my mentor. In 2009, I got to write a book with him and kind of ride his coattails a little bit. Uh, you know, by 2012, I bought um, uh, a Beverly Hills PR company that had represented 58 Academy Award winners, 34 Grammys, 43 New York Times sales of best-selling authors, and had been around for 30 years. And the guy, uh, Michael Levine, uh, Levine Communication Office, he was looking to sell and kind of looking for someone to continue his legacy. And... I bought and took that over. So instead of kind of paying my way, I kind of found a way to sort of buy myself a, a seat at the table. And I did that for about a year. And 
his goals changed and my goals changed and he ended up buying the company back. But, you know, I still knew a lot about, you know, PR and I took what I learned a lot about PR and uh, for about a year, year and a half, I averaged at least one television, like national television interview every month, at least one. So I've been on everything from the Today Show to the Doctor Show to Fox and Friends, Neil Cavuto, What's Happening Now. Um, you know, and I started doing that for my clients, you know, as well. I started writing more books, um, you know. And so, you know, it was just kind of a slow thing of um, speaking and presenting everything else. And uh, trust me, this was the short version. You know, I'm in my 40s, so I just, I just recapped about, you know, 20, 30 years there for you. So wow. I'm sorry for being so long-winded, but thank you for the question. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. Well, now, let me ask you. Now, again, you're doing all your businesses and things of that nature. And then, again, you got married probably at a young age and you had eight, eight yeah. wonderful children. How does David T. Fagan balance speaking gigs and marketing and television interviews yeah. and doing books and balancing that with the, the home life? That that had to be a t- That has to be a task. Yeah. Well, you know, to me, balance is somewhat of a mess. Um, uh, most people, when they think of balance, they're trying to do a little bit of everything every day. And if they can right. do a little bit of everything every day or maybe every week, they feel like their life is in balance. And that's somewhat impossible. And you'll drive yourself crazy trying to do that. The idea is, is, you know, what can you do in two or three months? What can you do in a month? What are the things that you, you want to do every day or even every other day? Um, you know, uh, if I said, you know, the only thing I'm going to do is, you know, I'm going to be the best father in the world. Like, that's my goal. Uh, and so to me, being the best father in the world means being around my kids 24-7, right? We're not going to have anything. We're going to be very poor, but I'm going to be around my kids 24-7. Well, that would right. be out of balance. Uh, same thing to be true if I said, well, you know, I want my kids to have a certain kind of life, so I'm just going to go work all the time. If I worked all the time, I never saw them, and that would be out of balance. So, you know, you hear the phrase, like, work hard, play hard, and that was kind of my life. You know, I delegated a lot of things. You know, I learned how to have people take care of certain things in my life, um, you know, knowing what the value of my time was. Um, but to really understand balance and to really understand kind of the myth behind it, how to fit it all in, you really have to look at the time frames and try to figure out what you're going to do and what you're not going to do, you know, what you're not going to worry about. Kids so, probably don't, mm-hmm. don't even understand what you're doing. It's kind of like dad is here, dad is here, dad is here, which is great. But I, I think it maybe just maybe your opinion that the kids may say, look back on this later, say, you know what? My dad was always there for me. As busy as he was, he was always there for me and he made, he made it work. Uh, do do you think that people just it's not so much as I don't have time they just more of I don't schedule time correctly in order for me to have time to do the things that I need to do is that fair to say on your on in on your opinion? Well, well, I'll probably tell you some things that um, people are are going to really disagree with and 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 probably aren't going to appreciate or understand, but. Um, you know, we have to be careful, you know, what we worship. And I think a lot of people would say that we have a generation, millennials, um, where they don't really know how to work. Right. And, um, you know, sometimes the pendulum will swing too far in the other direction. Um, 
I don't think that my kids are going to say, hey, my dad was around all the time. Mm-hmm. But I was definitely around. I definitely am around. Um, but I think just as important, if not more important, is my children know the value of work. Right. And, um, you know, I learned the value of, of hard work. And work means, you know, putting in the time and doing things that other people aren't willing to do. Like my kids have, have seen me in the morning after me pulling an all-nighter. Uh, you know, my kids have seen me, you know, get picked up from the airport after a business trip and, you know, then we're off, you know, to go, uh, to go camping. Uh, yeah, some of my kids' sporting activities might be interrupted by an occasional phone call and I try to wrap it up and get back to them. But, you know, they see me on the phone. They see me doing the trips. They see me writing. They see me working with clients. Um, they see me studying. They see me doing things. And so, Maybe I haven't been there in, in some of the traditional senses in which parents uh, value their success as a parent, but I think a lot of them are um, missing out and losing out on the value of leading by example and teaching your kids to work uh, by example and, um, you know, not giving them everything. You know, uh, you know I, don't, I don't pay for my kids' college. Uh, I don't save for their college. Um, there isn't some rescue plan. There isn't some bailout plan. Um, I'm teaching them how to become self-reliant. Um, I'm teaching them by example. And every kid's a little different. Some kids are going to need a little more time, a little more instruction. Uh, some, some can get by with a little bit less. Some are going to need more help at different times than others. Right. But um, I think the idea of, you know, what American society at least has created as this idea of um, what it means the kind of life that we're supposed to provide for your kids to be a quote unquote good parent. I don't really entirely, you know, buy into and, okay. um, you know, that's, that's just kind of my style. I love that. And I love that. And so, so David, you know, I remember a story that you briefly uh, told last year at the icon summit about your daughter and taking her out of school. Uh, I would love for you to touch on that if you might and why you did that. Sure. Well, first of all, again, every kid is different. And I really right. believe in customizing your education as well as customizing the education for people that you have stewardship over. Maybe it's your kids. Um, you know, maybe, maybe it's other, other people that really look up to you and you're responsible for in some way. But, you know, you got to really look at them. And every one of them is different. I don't homeschool all my kids. I don't homeschool all my kids all the time. Um, so every kid's different. So, uh, you know, my oldest daughter, there were times where I would take her out of school. Um, you also have to look at, you know, as a parent, what kind of opportunities can you create for your kids? So, uh, right. um, you know, I can create certain things for my kids. that Some people can't, I'm not, um, you know, I got, I'm not really bragging about that. I'm just saying that that's the fact. And the reason why I say that is because some people might say, Oh, you took your kid out of school and they did these things. And, um, you know, are you saying everyone should do that? Well, not really. Again, one, what does that particular kid, uh, need? And two, can you provide something better for them than what, uh, a traditional school can provide? You know, sometimes private schools, charter schools, you know, different right. schools can provide different experiences better than what you can uh, provide. Right. So, you know, um, my daughter, Jordan, my oldest daughter, who's now, you know, 21 or getting ready to turn 21, um, you know, I pulled her out of school, um, I don't know, first, second grade, pulled her out half of her, her seventh grade year. And then I pulled her out her whole sophomore year. But at the time I had, you know, my Beverly Hills PR company that I bought and took over. 
and we had a world-class internship program. Um, intern programs have changed a lot, so we don't do it the same way anymore. But at the time, we had a world-class intern program, meaning you know, I had, I had college kids competing to get into this internship program. The company that I bought and took over had been doing it for 30 years. I mean, wow. I had kids from Pepperdine, Stanford, and Cambridge, and, you know, um, you know, wow. I'm all over. NYC and just, I mean, amazing, amazing colleges. So I took her out of school, and I didn't give her this other school program. Her school was she rode the bus in uh, at 16, and she went to an internship with college-age kids. And I felt like she was ready for that, and it was good for her. So she showed up, and she worked on PR campaigns, and she worked on uh, administrative things and office things and business things. And she worked with um, young people in their 20s who were going to, you know, very prestigious colleges. And so that experience for her was, was amazing. Um, now, I also think there's a lot of things that happens when you're young, and you don't want to miss out on those things. And so, you know, we put her back into school uh, 11th and 12th grade. She went back to a, a really nice uh, high school, public school, uh, Dana Point, uh, California. And um, just to give you an idea of what a great school it is, like one of their classes is paddle boarding. So the high oh. school is about oh. a mile and a half from the ocean. And one of the classes oh. that she took was, was paddle boarding. So, you know. This oh, is, my goodness. You know, it's not I'm, like, I'm, I'm jealous. I'll just be honest. I'm when jealous. I say public school, it's not like probably your typical public school. But anyway, so, you know, she still graduated on time. So I just go to show you, I mean, she missed a whole year of high school. She went to a summer school for a couple of weeks and she, and she finished strong and finished with decent grades and, and, and still graduated and, and has had some great jobs and business opportunities and, and everything else. So again, probably not for everyone, but yeah, look around. I mean, I honestly think that a lot of kids who have entrepreneur parents, they're better off spending some serious time in their parents' business than they are, um, you know, in a public school, you know, a lot of times wasted, you know, in a public school. Okay. I want to hold you right there, David. I am up against the break. When we come back, we're going to talk to, I actually want to ask David what his daughter's thoughts were when she completed the internship. And then we want to get into the icon builder. So we will be back with David T. Fagan on the movement. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. If your life needs some structure and direction, you may need a life coach. Interested? Contact Shannon at SDHughesEnterprises at gmail.com for a free 30-minute consultation. Trying to find a buyer for your home? Tired of paying fees and commissions? Need to get out of your home quickly with no fuss? Real market experts can help. Get a cash offer on your home today. Our nationwide network of investors will ensure you receive the best price for your home in Chicago and the Chicagoland area. Get started now. Call 1-800-SELL-NOW or 708-887-0795. You can also visit our website at realmarketexperts.com slash IL. Is your credit card processor for your business charging you high processing rates? Do you need an upgrade of your current credit card processing terminal and would like it for free? Let North American Bank Card lower those processing rates and qualify you for a free brand new credit card processing terminal. 
Call Shannon for a free statement analysis, 708-887-0795, or email Shannon at sdhughesenterprises at gmail.com. This is the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be inspired. You are listening to The Movement. To reach the show today, please call in to 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. If you'd rather send an email or if you are looking to be a sponsor for The Movement, contact the show via email to shannon at shannondehughes-themovement.com. That's shannon at shannondehughes-themovement.com. We'd love to hear from you. And welcome back to the movement. And I will just reiterate what the lady said coming in the break. 866-472-5795 is where you can reach us at the show or email the show with comments or questions for our guest, David T. Fagan, Shannon at Shannon D. Hughes, the And programming notes starting next week is the Me Too month of May. We have nine incredible women across five weeks, and it's all about women empowerment, and they are the best in their fields. And starting next week, it will be Nia Wordlaw, who is represents 1% of African-American females that are aviators, and she works for United Airlines, and she's going to be a fantastic guest to kick off the Me Too movement month of may starting next week and we are back with david t fagan he is the ceo and president of icon uh builder and he was just telling us before the break how he took his daughter out of school and had to participate in an internship and she went back to school mm-hmm. so i have a i have a two-part question for you david number one um when she was out of school how were you, did you treat her like any other employee or did you kind of set the, 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 the groundwork like, hey, look, even though you're out of school, you're my daughter, but you are an employee. And two, what was it like when she went back? What, how did she feel when she went back after her, I wouldn't say hiatus or just her time away from school? Yeah. Well, there's, there's always a certain level of, uh, you know, mixed emotions. I mean, um, my oldest daughter, Jordan, whom we're speaking of right now. Um, you know, she's very social. And so, you know, you got a bunch of friends that are, you know, college age. Well, college kids do, you know, certain things. They have a certain kind of life. So, um, you know, when you hang out with your dad's friends and adults and college age kids, and there's certain things you can't really do, um, you know, there is, there's a downside to that. So, you know, it was very fun for her to go back to school, but mostly for social reasons. Um, the other thing too you know, you might say, well, hey, if you asked her, what would she say about it? Well, that, that's, that's an interesting question with some interesting responses because had you asked her a month afterwards, she would have had one answer. She would ask her six months after, maybe another answer. If you would ask her nearing her senior year when she's trying to graduate and, you know, so there's different times where, oh, yeah, it was great. And then other times like, oh, my school's telling me I'm missing these things. Oh, I really wish I didn't do that. Right. You know, then there's, Hey, you know, I'm out in the workforce right now and oh my goodness, I, I have so many skills. Um, you know, she, uh, I wanted her to get some just work experience. I mean, at 18, uh, she qualified for a managed position at Nordstrom. Wow. And she was one of the youngest managers they ever had. Wow. And uh, so then she's calling me up and going, Oh dad, you know, geez, uh, I, I never realized I learned so much while working with you. Right. And she's in these interviews and having these conversations about customer service and business and under-promising, over-delivering, all these kinds of cliches and idioms. And, you know, she just really got it. 
Uh, I have some other kids that I've taken out of school a little here, a little there, and, you know, they didn't like it, you know, or, um, you know, right now, you know, maybe they're behind in something else as they went back into school. And um, so, you know, change is tough. And I have found as I coach and consult people at all levels, um, you know, sometimes, you know, it's like if you're not very healthy and you decide I'm going to get healthy, um, you know, two, three weeks, maybe a month, I mean, it can just suck, right? I mean, you're sweating. You may not see a lot of difference. Right. Maybe you feel a little bit different, but you can't really you can't really prove it a whole lot. You know, things are happening on the inside, but you can't really see it. It's not measurable. It's not tangible. Right. Um, sometimes you just got to have faith that that what you're doing is valuable. Um, it kind of reminds me of uh, of Karate Kid, right? We got oh, we got God. Daniel, right, Mr. Miyagi. Hey, wax the cars. He's out there waxing thirty, forty cars. Hey, you know. Paint the fence, right? He's standing, he's painting, <laughs> and he, he's so mad at Mr. Miyagi. He's like, look, I'm your personal slave here. I came here to learn karate. You know, instead, <laughs> you know, I'm out here, you know, taking right. care. I got a full-time job, you know, cleaning up your whole place and taking care of all of your equipment. And he's like, okay. And so he t- and in about 30 seconds, he shows him a couple different standard karate moves. And he's like, okay, paint the fence, wax the car. And right. he didn't realize it, but the whole time, you know, he had been learning. He had been doing these little movements over and over and over, and he built skill and he built strength with just right. these little movements. And I think that's kind of the way it is with kids and young people and everybody, you know. And with my kids, it's been the same way, right? Uh, right. All of us look back now and go, geez, you know, my parents weren't entirely crazy. Oh, man, that, that teacher I hated was kind of right. Geez, you know, that, that Jillian Michaels, that fitness trainer, man, I sure did hate her, but, man, she kind of <laughs> knew what she was talking about. Right. So, you know, it just depends when you ask people, you know. Oh, my God. You are really showing my age today. I turned 45 on Sunday, and I'm sitting here. You you only brought up pagers and brick cell phones, and now you're bringing up the Karate Kid. Man, this <laughs> this this interview right now, I'm just like, oh, my God. I don't know what you're going to bring up next, but that I, I just had to throw that out there. That is just hilarious. Um, Let me ask, David, When uh, let me scale back just a little bit. Um. When you were going through all your, you know, your jobs, all the things that you were doing prior to where you are now. Uh, last week, we had a guest on named Carrie Warburg Block, and she had talked about all of the things that she did. And I'm actually going to pose the question to you as I pose to her. At any point, and I get actually questions about this a lot of times uh, on social media, uh, especially when the things that I do. Was there at any point with all the ventures that you had delved into and and moved on from and started something else. Did David Fagan ever say to himself, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I'm really cut out to be a CEO or entre- solopreneur or entrepreneur and, and, and having all this done. Maybe I should just, you know, settle and do something else and play itself. Was there any point that that ever happened? And if not, what made you say, no, that's not going to happen. I'm just going to keep going. Did, did that ever enter your mind at any point? Well, in, um, you know, in 2006, uh, I had uh, five different offices in three different states. I had uh, 26 different uh, properties. Um, and I could kind of see the writing on the wall that, you know, the real estate market was shifting. Some of the things I invested in were shifting. Um, I was very bold. Um, even from a child, I was blessed with a delusional amount of confidence. Um, and, uh, my delusional confidence was getting a bit shaken in 2007, 
you know, um, because I could see the direction of the marketplace and business and whatever. I mean, I really tried to get out of the way and I just, I just couldn't. And in 2007, um, you know, my overhead was about a hundred thousand dollars a month and uh, I had about 400, you know, I had other assets, but I had about $400,000 cash in the bank. And there was a period in 2007 where every month I blew through a hundred thousand dollars and about the end of three, four months, I blew through about three, $400,000 and I essentially lost everything. I had to give houses back to the bank. Um, that's a nice way of saying repossession. Uh, <laughs> you, <Right>. know, um, <laughs> you know, I sold things off. Um, I, I had a boat that was paid for free and clear. I had vehicles paid for free and clear. You know, I went and fire sold vehicles, um, vehicles that were worth, you know, thirty, forty, fifty thousand $50,000. I was selling for like $15,000 cash. 2007, I camped out for the whole, the whole summer, put everything I had in storage, camped out with my family. You know, I was doing my radio show, uh, literally from a campsite, you know, alongside a river in Oregon. You know, I, uh, you know, I'd have the producer in my ear. All right, you're on in six, five, four, Jill, he's going for the river. He's going for the river. I'm like, you know, Hey, this kid's in the fire. You're on in two, one. Hey, it's David Fitting, an entrepreneur one-on-one. You know, I'm doing my show from a campsite. Right. Um, right. So I definitely had some feelings of, oh my, what, what have I done, right? Shortly after that, um, just to keep working during the day and reinventing myself, I, I took a paper route in Arizona and uh, it was at night, right? So I would throw 330 some odd papers. So I would go down every night about midnight, 1 a.m., get the papers, wrap them all up uh, and go deliver them. You know, Sunday paper would be huge. I have to make multiple trips. My, um, okay. I'd get maybe a little bit of help. But yeah, I, I very clearly remember one night in an old broken down Buick Skylark throwing newspapers, keeping in mind I had made millions, uh, had offices in multiple states, had all the greatest, nicest things in life. Now here I am, uh, end of 2007, beginning of 2008. I remember this one night and I'm just throwing newspapers out my window just thinking, was that it? I mean, will I ever get another chance? Is that my one chance to really have quote unquote success? Uh, you know, did I, did I, was I just lucky, right? Did I just get lucky? Do I really even know what I'm doing? Do I know what I'm talking about? Do I know what, man, you know, is that, is this, is this it? Is this my life? Is it, uh, is it throwing papers and, you know, going from job to job? I mean, what is it going to be? And, um, you know, luckily, uh, uh, I was still doing my radio show, and I had some people hearing me on the show, and people started booking me to speak, and then I got a big contract at Infusionsoft, the software company, and then, you know, everything just started to turn around. Uh, 2008, by the end, got pretty good. 2009 was even better, and I became the CEO of Girl of Marketing, and just every year after that, it got better until I, until I got it all back. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I lost it all, and there was a period of time where... Um, I don't think this is just a man thing, but I think men from my generation, you know, I'm in my 40s too, you know, you really attach your self-worth to your ability to provide for your family, to yes. your ability to, um, you know, know what you're doing and be stable and be predictable. And, uh, yeah, I mean, um, I mean, I wasn't standing at the top of any tall buildings or anything, but um, I was uh, seriously, seriously humbled. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, 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 I know what you're saying there. Let's talk about, we've got a, f- a few minutes before the, uh, the the final break of the show. Let's talk about Icon, um, your company. Uh, talk about where that came from and how you 
how you got that to where it is now. Let's talk about that. Yeah. Well, when I was working uh, for Infusionsoft, I did a contract where I would go out and I would speak on stage and I would kind of hire a gun and I would sell software at people's events. And so, you know, we had all these joint ventures with these uh, big-time speakers with big-time following in different areas. Um, again, you know, Dan Kennedy, Michael Gerber, author of The E-Myth, you know, Jay Conrad Levinson, uh, you know, Bill Glazer, Joe Polish, you know, all these people, Perry Marshall, um, these people did really well. And so I would go to their events and I'd speak on their stage, and I just kind of realized these guys have a really cool thing. They've got a tribe. They've got a community. They've got a following. People will buy this software because, you know, they follow this individual. They read their books. These people have influence and credibility and, they, you know, they get exposure. And I just kind of started seeing the power of being what I call uh, an icon, being an icon in your industry, being a celebrity expert. And so as I moved out of there and kind of went into guerrilla marketing, working with Jay Levinson, I got to see how he created products that became icons. And I also saw the difference between a person becoming an icon and a product becoming an icon. And, you know, I just had some great training from some great people. You know, every, everybody from, you know, Jay Levinson, the father of Girl Marketing, to Michael Levine, you know, the famous, you know, publicist. Uh, some might say infamous publicist. I mean, he even, you know, he represented a lot of people, including Michael Jackson, concerning, you know, during some of his worst years. Right. So, you know, I, I saw firsthand the power of, of, of mentorship and of um, uh, the influence and credibility and exposure. And so, you know, from that was, is what bore the company Icon Builder Media. You know, we make people icons in their industry. And that was a pretty bold thing to name the company that. And I got a lot of flack for it. People came to me and said, David, how can you call this Icon Builder Media? Like, what icons have you ever created? And I right. realized that I created a company and a brand even bigger than myself. I literally had to grow into it. I mean, nowadays I can point to those things and I've worked with some pretty influential people. But, um, but you know, that's how the company came about. It's just seeing the power of celebrity experts and icons, the power of, of this word authority, and then learning the formulas of how to recreate it, not wait for it to happen accidentally, but how to be very on purpose and create it. And that's what Icon Builder Media does through publishing and publicity and through helping people speak and get featured uh, media and win awards. Those are, those are all things that are accomplishments that qualify someone to be that celebrity expert. And that's what our company is entirely dedicated to. I got a team of people that we come to you and we help you write that book, create that presentation, get out there on the media, have your own show and, you know, really become that celebrity expert. And just to uh, share with the audience, um, David and I, like I said, David and I met last year and uh, we've seen each other a couple of times. You came to Chicago and I think, believe it was October of last year. You and Allison came through and with Mr. James Denley, who also has a show here on Voice America. And uh, we talked again and um, I just, uh, you know, your presentation down in Tampa for me uh, was life altering to me. Um, and I'm not saying it to, 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 to just boast you, but it, it was. And I just, I can distinctly remember you pulling me up to the front of the room and, you know, you were kind of taking us one by one. And I remember going to the front of the room and, you know, kind of breaking down or at least trying to get to, you have to be clear what it is that you want and what it is that you're trying to do. And I just remember, um, how detailed you were, um, just breaking things down for me, and it actually helped me start to 
you know, kind of take some things out of what I was trying to do, you know, being a life coach. I know I specifically remember telling you that's what I wanted to do, being a life coach and, and also being a speaker. And I've already put out one book and I definitely will be coming to you to actually do uh, my next book as well. And that's not saying it because we're on the air, but I just I just think that one of the things me being a solopreneur and I'm probably sure you've seen it is sometimes people are really not clear what their vision is, not only for themselves personally, but also for your business. And sometimes you can get lost in the shuffle with everybody else. Is that a fair assessment? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, there, there are several key things, and some people might have more than one than more of one than another. But absolutely. All right. Well, David, I'm going to take a break a little bit early because then I want to get into uh, some of the things that you've done, social media wise, and all that other stuff uh, going into the end of the show. So we will be back with David T. Fagan on the movement. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Trying to find a buyer for your home? Tired of paying fees and commissions? Need to get out of your home quickly with no fuss? Real market experts can help. Get a cash offer on your home today. Our nationwide network of investors will ensure you receive the best price for your home in Chicago and the Chicagoland area. Get started now. Call 1-800-SELL-NOW or 708-887-0795. You can also visit our website at realmarketexperts.com il. Is your credit card processor for your business charging you high processing rates? Do you need an upgrade of your current credit card processing terminal and would like it for free? Let North American Bank Card lower those processing rates and qualify you for a free brand new credit card processing terminal. Call Shannon for a free statement analysis, 708-887-0795 or email Shannon at sdhughesenterprises at gmail.com. If your life needs some structure and direction, you may need a life coach. Interested? Contact Shannon at sdhughesenterprises at gmail.com for a free 30-minute consultation. Change starts here. Change starts now. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. You are listening to The Movement. To reach the show today, please call in to 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. If you'd rather send an email or if you are looking to be a sponsor for The Movement, contact the show via email to Shannon at ShannonDHughes-TheMovement.com. That's Shannon at ShannonDHughes-TheMovement.com. We'd love to hear from you. We most certainly would love to hear from you, 866-472-5795. If you have any questions or comments for the show, email the show, Shannon at ShannonDHughes-TheMovement.com. And also visit the website, ShannonDHughes-TheMovement.com. Uh, there's photos and my Motivational Minute videos are there as well. Also, you can reach out to me if you want uh, one-on-one uh, coaching or me need me as a speaker or also maybe want an autographed book that I have, Your Motivational Manual, Volume 1, available on Amazon.com. 
David T. Fagan is still with us. And David, let's talk about, you know, the, your the icon, the business itself, and maybe if you could be more specific about what goes on and what you do. And uh, and uh, we could put promote your websites as well. So can you can tell me what you what you do and how do you take people? What it will like? What is one of your sessions like with a potential client? Well, I start off with just really asking people, you know, would you make more money? If you were more influential, would you make more money if you had more credibility? Would you make more money if you got more exposure? That's kind of my ICE acronym, right? Influence, credibility, exposure. So that's what it looks like at 30,000 feet. More specifically, um, you know, there's a formula for how you can create that influence, how you can create that, uh, that credibility and exposure. And inside of my book, Cracking the Icon Code, um, I go into it in quite a bit of detail, but there's a certain set of accomplishments that really qualify you to be that icon in your area or icon in your industry. And what I mean by that is, you know, sometimes when people think of icons or thinking about this worldwide sensation, well, you know, you can be, you know, the top real estate agent in your area and be highly successful and be that go-to person, and business comes easy, and life is nice, um, and and accomplish everything that I'm talking about. Uh, same thing for a dentist. Same thing for a financial advisor. You know, there are lots of people with inside their communities or with inside um, a certain niche. And I'm going to say niche instead of niche because I like the expression that the riches are in the niches. Right. So. You know, you don't, you don't have to, um, you know, you don't, it's, this isn't about being, uh, you know, world famous or, you know, insta famous or, you know, whatever. Um, but I primarily work with people that are in the advice business, meaning they are uh, primarily making money off the advice they give, right? A chiropractor, a dentist, a plastic surgeon, an attorney, a real estate agent, uh, you know, a broker, uh, you know, a CPA, uh, an architect, uh, a hitness, uh, fitness, um, you know, expert or guru, you know, a health and nutrition, um, you know, coach or advisor, you know, these are the people I work with because they're really selling themselves more than they're selling anything else. So, right. you know, we have strategy sessions where we figure out the branding, what's your brand, you know, what's your organization name? Is it the right name? And here's how to get that, you know, what's your slogan? What's your three words? What's your elevator pitch? You know, what, what's, what we call action invitations. There's a lot of copywriting. So an action invitation, you know, inviting someone to take action. It's what's in it for them. So it's a phrase that starts with the verb. So if somebody says, well, what's in it for me? You know, why would I do this? What would I get out of working with you? It would be, well, you could be featured in the media, uh, become a bestseller, achieve the best version of yourself, uh, accomplish, um, uh, more speaking engagements. So every accomplish, experience, get, achieve, make, become, discover. Those are all verbs. Those are all action words. But just real close, uh, real quick, you know, what are those words? Well, those words also create a perception of value. And you ask yourself, would someone pay a lot of money for those things? So I just threw out some things that are, that are some of my action invitations, right? By working with us, we can get you featured in the media. We might book you to speak on stages become a best-selling author, you know, you know, write a, your uh, signature book. Um, you know, so those are some of the things. But, you know, a fitness expert might be flatten your stomach, achieve more energy, 
strengthen your body, um, speed up your metabolism. Again, would somebody pay a lot of money to have those things? Yes. Were they very succinct? Yes. Did they start with a verb? Yes. Um, is there a perception of value? Yes. So in a branding session, we help people understand those things. And most people, they don't, they don't know how to talk about themselves. They don't know how to explain what they do. They don't know how to create a perception of value. And, you know, we really help people in these sessions understand that there's a two-word question that everyone's asking you. And they might literally be asking you, like they're coming up to you and asking you, or they might subconsciously be asking you, like somewhere in their mind, they've got these questions that they're thinking that maybe they can't materialize. And the, and the two-word question is simply this, why you? You know, why you? Why should I hire you instead of somebody else? Why should I go to your event and someone else's event? Why should I read your book instead of someone else's event? Why should I have right. you work on my teeth and someone else? Why should I have you find me my home instead of somebody else? You know, why should I, you know, spend time with you today instead of somebody else? And it's not even somebody else. Sometimes it's something else. And sometimes it's nothing at all. We're literally competing with nothing at all. Some people might say, well, I might work with you or I might just hang on to my money and do nothing. Right. You know, or I might just not even get up on Saturday. And so you have to create a compelling argument. So when I'm working with my clients, I'm helping them create that website. I'm helping them create that book. I'm helping them create that media kit. I'm helping them create those marketing materials. I'm helping them create, you know, that presentation. Also, they can answer that question. Why me? Why you? Why now? Why this and not that? Do you find it in any of your sessions? I'm sure you do, but uh, do you find it in your sessions when you have your clients come in and you start asking these questions that you were asking? Do some of them say, you know what, I haven't thought of that, or I don't really know, or maybe I need to go back to the drawing board? So do you ever come to a point where you, I guess if the client is, I don't want to say the word stuck, but they're just kind of like, mm, don't know how to go with this. Do you then you and your team kind of work, you know, maybe work some things out. All right, let's, you know, get back to basics. Like you said, you're selling yourself. So you get them to sell themselves. Do you think it's more important for them to sell themselves to their potential clients and then be and then the what they're trying to offer their services then will become, you know, people like if you're coming to me, I'm like, okay, you know what? I like this guy. Okay, now I can listen to what he wants, he or she wants to sell me. So do you ever find with your clients that they kind of like, oh, you know what, I hadn't thought all, that all the way through. Is that uh, a common occurrence with some of your clients and how do you work through that? Well, that's a lot of different questions. Right. <laughs> They're all good <laughs> questions. That's, all, that's a lot of different questions. Um, but I, I, I definitely understand what you're asking. Um, yeah, I mean, look, some people come to me and they think they know it all and, and they really don't. Some people come to me and they think that they don't know anything and, you know, I ask them a few of the right questions worded the right way and they realize that, you know, they've had the answer, you know, all along. Um, yes, there are certain exercises, whiteboarding exercises, brainstorming exercises, hardstorming exercises that will help my clients in these strategy sessions, you know, come to figure things out. I'll, I'll give you a, a really quick example. You know, one quick exercise is, all right, we're going to make three lists, okay? And we're going to create kind of a Venn diagram here, right? Three circles where they all overlap. So we're going to make three lists. You know, first list is, let's write down everything you love. This is what you just love to do. You, you do it even if you didn't get paid. Okay, second list. What are you good at? You know, what just comes natural to you? What comes easy to you? What are you, what are you talented in? You know, what do you maybe already have some experience in? You know about it. You know it and you're good at it. Okay, so let's write down that list. Okay, so we've got two lists now. Okay. We got what we love and what we're good at. Okay, third list. What will someone pay you to do? 
right? What, 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 what are the things that someone will really pay you a lot of money to do? You know, they'll pay me to do this. They'll pay me to do that. This will pay me more. This will pay me less. But, you know, these are the things they'll really pay me to do. Well, where the love and the good and the money is at, you love it and you're good at it and people pay you to do it, where that all overlaps, that's, that's really where the business uh, takes off. You know, you can be good at it and you can love it, but if no one will pay you to do it, then, uh, you know, I, I love playing basketball. I, I'm pretty good at basketball, but no one's going to pay me to play basketball. You know, okay? So it's <laughs> not going to have it. Um, you know, I, I love, there's other things that you might love and people will pay you to do at it, but you're not any good at it. I could use basketball for the same one there, right? I love basketball, right? But no one's going to pay me, you know, to play it as well as I'm not as good at it. So we're, we're, trying, we're trying to find that thing where it all overlaps, right? So, you know, th- that's an example of an exercise. I have lots of dentists that come to me and uh, people will pay them to do it, right? And they're good at it, but they don't love it. They've done it a lot of years. They want out. Uh, chiropractors, dentists, attorneys, you know, a lot of those people in those professions, um, they use those things as vehicles to make money, but now they want to help people and they want to serve people and they want to speak and they want to inspire and they want to, you know, they don't want to be tied down by um, the, the guidelines of the industry, right? So, you know, that's an example of an exercise that opens up a lot of discussions that'll help people figure out their brand and what they want to do. And, I, and I've got a bunch of those. And so, you know, depending on where people are, I also have a huge, you know, 113 plus, you know, checklist. And so some people, they already have the brand, but they don't have the site. Some people have the brand and the wording and they've got the site, but they don't have a book. Some people have the book and they got a presentation, you know, but they don't have the site or the brand. You know, some people, you know, there, there's all these things, right? You know, some people have just the presentation, but they have no brand, they have no book, they have no websites. Some people have a bunch of social proof because they've done it themselves. They've got a bunch of testimonials and endorsements, okay. you know, but they don't really have the right thing to sell just yet, although everyone loves them. So sometimes in that beginning session for people who don't really know, it's sitting down and going, okay, well, let's, let's go through the checklist. What do you have? What are you missing? So there's several different ways like that that I can get people, you know, on the right track. Well, that's awesome. That's awesome. So now, we're coming to the, sh- uh, the last uh, final minutes of the show. Uh, can you briefly just give me maybe a very quick synopsis of like one of your icon summits? I briefly talked about it. I was there and what it what it's in, and what's involved in it. And then maybe just give us your contact information and how they can get a hold of you and your website. Sure. sure. Yeah. If you want to go to iconexpertevent.com, uh, you're going to see a ton of information on there. IconExpertEvent.com. Just did one in LA. I got another one coming up here in Phoenix, May 17th through the 19th. Um, you know, we talk all about publishing. You know, we talk about how to turn a book into a business, uh, how to make a book a bestseller. We talk about presentations, right? How to create certain kinds of presentations. Um, you know, how do you inspire action in every audience? You know, uh, experts make complex things simple. You know, how to use visual aids, how to create visual aids, you know, how to write books, how to frame ideas. You know, a book is just a lot of really well-framed ideas. Right. So at our events, these are the things we teach, right? We teach slides and presentations and books and chapters and how to come up with ideas and, and turn those into quotes and how to turn quotes into blogs and blogs into articles and articles into chapters and chapters into books and books into courses and courses into, you get the idea. So we break all that stuff down and... Um, you know, I have a few other speakers come in and I'll show off some of my, my clients and we'll do some panels and 
But the idea is you really walk out of there knowing how to crack the icon code, you know, knowing how to be a high paid celebrity expert and, you know, how to get paid for your knowledge and your experiences. You know, how do you monetize your knowledge and your experiences? And, um, you know, typically there's three day events and, um, um, people walk out of there really knowing how to do it themselves. And people, by the end of the event, will have a decision to make. Hey, do I want to do this myself, or do I just want to pay David to do it for me? And there's not a right or wrong answer to that. Sometimes you have more time than money. Sometimes you have more money than time. Right. You know, somebody who's successful and has a business, and they're doing well, and they've got some money, sometimes it's better for them just to pay us, and we just do it for them, and they can keep doing what they do best. Other right. people, they're still figuring things out. And so they, uh, you know, they're going to they're gonna do it themselves a little bit. They're going to see how much writing they can do, see how much speaking they can do. They're going to see, you know, how much coaching and consulting they can do on their own until, um, until they can, you know, really afford somebody like me or my team. Gotcha. And that was IconExpertEvent.com, correct? Yes, IconExpertEvent.com. Absolutely, absolutely. And I believe you also have another one, www.iconcoach.com as well. And you have one for membership and coaching certification programs. I'm, uh, so you're, you're everywhere and you're fantastic. And I just want to give you just the last minute just to say what you need to say. Like the show, the movement is about empowerment. Um, what would you tell people about empowering themselves and maybe why they should come to David Fagan? Yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting you say it like that. You know, uh, a lot of people are motivated by, you know, business and money and nothing wrong with that. Uh, I am. But, you know, there's also just the feeling of you want to make a difference. You want to change the world. Um, I have those feelings as well. I have another event called spiritsummit.com, spiritsummit.com. And I have a whole event where... You know, it's really centered around speakers and authors that, you know, really want to uh, lift and lead. Um, They really want to inspire and cultivate. They want to give back. So I would check out those events as well, spiritsummit.com. We had uh, Frank Schenkowitz, the founder of Make-A-Wish Foundation, come and speak to us. We've had a lot of really cool people come in. But spiritsummit.com is another great site. Uh, where you're still going to learn about making money and, you know, creating a movement and everything else. But, you know, if you, if you kind of come about it through more of the, the give back program, the nonprofit, the change the world, the make a difference, if that's really what drives you, uh, Spirit Summit could be something else that you might really enjoy coming to. David T. Fagan is the CEO of Icon Builder, and you can reach him at IconExpertEvent.com and also the one he just mentioned, SpiritSummit.com. David, it is an honor and a pleasure to have you on my show. Thank you very much. Thank you. Yes, I'll talk to you soon. And I want to close the show out with my motivational minute. Uh, David said the words ICE, influence, credibility, and exposure. You can be a center of influence. And sometimes you need to look for a center of influence in order to get you where you need to be. And you have to have credibility, meaning back up your word and let your word mean something and do as you promise to do. And if you don't, you need to be morally centered and and back and make amends for if you make a mistake. And exposure. No one's going to come to you if you don't tell people what you're doing, who you are. So it's ice, ice, baby, in the words of David T. Fagan. I am Shannon D. Hughes. Thank you for joining me on The Movement. Next week, the Me Too month of May kicks off. I hope everybody tunes in. Thank you very much. And remember, I love you and there's nothing you can do about it. And remember, you're always a part of The Movement. Take care. 
Thank you for joining us for The Movement. Your host, Shannon D. Hughes, invites you to tune in again for another edition next Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time. That's 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel.